This is I'm a PK. So what? Podcast brought to you by the PK Nation. Listen to real life stories and get tips to thrive as a PK. So yes, your host, the first lady, Ruth Zubairu. I'm a PK. So what? I'm a PK. So what? I'm a PK. I'm a PK. everyone good evening welcome to beyond the pulpit virtual summit hey mama welcome fearless females network welcome 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 I am just going to pin the title in the in the comments and I'll invite our guest of honor so please do tag someone invite friends family and let's go so we are waiting for Hello, hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. But I can't hear you. Let me add, let me. Okay. No. Yeah, I can hear you. Can hear me? Okay, okay. I think I'll do it with the mic. I wasn't hearing you. Okay. You look lovely in red. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining. Our amazing guest today is Stella Damasas, and she has so generously agreed to be a speaker today. It's it's an unusual, I like to think of it as an unusual platform. For those who are just joining here, hello. My name is Ruth Dubairu, and this is, I'm the founder of the Preacher's Kids So What Initiative. I'm a preacher's kid, and I have this burden to build a community around the Preacher's Kids and the Preacher's Family because there's a lot that many people do not know about them about um, their lives beyond the church and beyond things. But in this season, um, there's the call for the pulpit generally. So not just for preachers' kids, but what happens to church people in real life. And so I'm bringing on amazing people who are coming on to share their role, what they have been able to do, and how they've been able to show God in their day-to-day life, in their businesses, in their career, whatsoever, wherever they have, you know, functioned. And that's why we're having the Beyond the Pulpit virtual summit. So you can be a minister wherever you are. And so, but today, we all know Stella Damasos, her movie 
Hey, Katie. Hello, pretty love. Everyone, thank you so much for join, joining us. The Between movie is, I, I think it's a war room prototype. It's a, it's a movie you tell everyone, everyone that is getting married, everyone that is having a troubled marriage, you know, go and watch this movie, go and watch this movie. And so it has a message. It's factful with message. Messages for both the singles, for both someone who is married, for those who are friends and family, you know, sometimes you don't know how to help. Yeah. Those who you feel are in trouble. But yes, yeah, so go watch the movie between. And let me have our guest take the floor. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. So do tell us a bit about the soldier in Red Lipstick. It's not, it's not an initiative many people know about. And um, how did you get started? How did you get the idea to start it? And um, yeah, what has been the driving focus of that? Okay, I, I set up Soldier and Red Lipstick in uh, 2016 um, because I had this thing in my heart. I didn't know what it was at that time. And I'm not one of those people that would say, oh, God spoke to me or Holy Spirit said, but I know that there was something pressing in my heart to, to create a community of women, you know, all over the world who would come together and just have, have a safe space where they can share their hearts, their thoughts, where, where they can pray with other women and all of that without judgment, without feeling, oh, they're you know, people, you know, without feeling, oh, I need to be so high up there spiritually to be a part of something. There are so many people out there who just feel they are not really, really into church. They love God. So they are just in between. And having to find a place where they can all feel, say, okay, I love God. What next? So, public me about that. I just get terms of this community, what it will be called, and from the name to everything that it will be just kept coming to me in visions and I started writing it down and I said okay how do I start this because one I'm not a preacher I don't hold my people in church I don't do a lot of things inside a church building but I try to live my life to glorify God as much as I can because I love God so how do I do this and then the first place that came to mind was started off on YouTube where I create videos and I started creating videos and then created the social media Page, but I didn't want it to be just every everyone. So the one page is a private page where I would just look at people, look at their profiles, and accept. Just so that we try to avoid trolls, come and publish and all of that. You know, so we're almost ten thousand members right now, and uh, it's been growing. People have been impacted. I've been receiving testimonies. DMs, prayer requests, and things like that, and it's really been changing a lot of lives, women, their businesses, their marriages, their children, and all of that. So, I'm just very grateful to God that it's, it's doing what I saw in my vision that it would do. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing what one step of obedience obedience can do. And so, uh, looking at um, Yes, for those who are asking, it's on it's on Instagram. You can join on Instagram. It's for only women. It's for only women. Only. Women only, yeah. yeah. And your 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 handle has to be open, not private, so that they can accept you. So if you're if you're watching and you would love to be a part of it, please send a request to follow women 
red lipstick and you will be accepted. Yeah, and you will be accepted. And so going forward, what is your definition of worship? You know, of the expression of worship in the 21st century. Okay. Uh, for me, I've always believed in worshipping in spirit and in truth, not based off of a doctrine. And when I say that, people keep saying, oh, are you saying people should stop going to church or stop? I, I said, no, that's not what I mean. When I say in spirit and in truth, it's because we know that a lot of us Christians, we live based on what the expectation is, not what we are supposed to do from our hearts in spirit and in truth. And in today's worship, I always say, I, the only way to worship God successfully and have other people join you in this generation, in the world of today, is not to conform. Mm. I conform, I don't mean rebel against church, no. What I mean, we were sent out there mm. to bring in those who are lost. But it seems like because we are conforming to what is expected, the, the impression we have of what born-again Christians should be, we seem to cater to ourselves. Everything we do, when we talk, we're speaking Christianese. When we're doing things, we're doing it gospel, gospel, in your face, gospel, in your face, gospel. And I'm like, no. When Jesus came, he, he, he led the most unlikely people. Mm. He chose the most unlikely people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He has a reason for doing that. If you want to reach the banking industry, for instance, you will not call prophet wanting, wanting, wanting to go and reach the banking industry. No. You will raise a banker who is in there, who is loved and trusted, and give him the heart of worship, give him the heart of Jesus, and say, wherever you are in your place of work is where you should start from. And I'm not saying during break, you knock on your friend's door and say, hey, I come to preach the word to you. No. Is that you go and meet your friend and say, How are you doing today? I thought to share my lunch with you. Or here, are you okay? Can we let's take a walk together and just look at town? You know, two minutes we'll come back. And in your just about life, you show love, which is what I think is missing in the world of today. It's not about prosperity, gospel here, this year, drumming things and yelling from the pulpit. No, it's about how do people tell words of life? we see God first and then when we accept God within us how do we intend to let people see God through us mirror, mirror God, to mirror God in our lives because that's what it is let me use between for instance I'm an entertainer I do film I do music I do all kinds of things my husband is an entertainer but my husband is seriously born again he's a preacher's kid like you oh, yeah but when we're making the movie we didn't make a movie so we want to do Christian film or we want to do gospel film that will be played in churches. No, we said we were making a good film, an entertaining film. But at the end of the day, there is an underlying message in there that you will get that I don't need to preach to you, but my work as an entertainer will preach to you. What mm -hmm. I tell you is either follow Christ or these things will happen to you. And I didn't need to draw, I, we didn't even promote the film as a Christian film, because it's really, to me, not a Christian film, but it has a message of hope, a message of love, and a message to make it to heaven. And I, it's, fun, it's funny, because um, Jesus used a lot of parables and illustrations while he was here on earth in his ministry, and so I think that's, that's the role that um, the movie industry, drama, and all those things play. It's just um, 
acting out parables. Yeah. You know, yeah. but the message you would get the message if you watch yeah. it. You definitely get the message that that the movie is trying to pass across. Yes. So what we ended up doing is that we realized that from the data that we got from the algorithm and all of that, forty percent of the people who saw the film were not Christian. They were not believers, but they saw it. It and still commented and told us how it affected their marriages and everything. And I'm like, that's the whole idea. That's us people that normally wouldn't want to see anything church. Hmm. Worship in this century. Mm-hmm. Well done. I mean, that's that's really amazing. And so I, I think that's a, it answers my next question. Mm-hmm. Saying the Christian in the in the marketplace. So what's true? What's not true? What are the things that they should hold as principles? And what are the things that you can you can be very flexible about? What are the things that are non-negotiables? And mm-hmm. so, like, you finally mentioned that, okay, if you, if you have a, a problem with, if, you, if you're working in a bank now, you don't just go there and say, okay, everybody now, it's time for more negotiation. So, so what are the things that, are you saying in the workplace, what is the disposition of the Christian? What should be their disposition? marketplace what should be the non-negotiables what should be the things that it can be flexible about okay first thing i would say about that is as long you don't compromise you know you can be a normal person be your normal self do your normal job what i do like what, what my husband and i do when we go to work we want to film or we want to have a meeting with people that want to do a music video or something and most of the time it's not even christian but here's what my husband does so say, please um not everybody here is Christian, but we like to pray before we start. And he prays. So even people that are not Christians, they respond, oh, okay, amen. They don't care about your prayer, prayer, but they say amen. But they see you do it. Every day we go on location, they see you do it. They already know you to be this person. Mm. When we talk about the, 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 the work day, we probably won't talk about Bible or anything. But the fact that you come there every day, we dedicate the day to God and we end it with God. And we try to be nice, be respectful, show love, and be trustworthy. Because it's not about, oh, preaching with your mouth every day. That's the issue. Is what are they seeing when they look at you? Is there a difference between you you and the other person? Because we should be careful not to blur the lines. Because some people will say, oh, sometimes I I can't tell the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. You might not be able to tell the difference immediately. But when you look at both of them and you see their reaction to things, the way they speak, you know, their choice of, of, of reaction, of expression, you can tell that there's something different about someone. As long as somebody is showing you a better side to things, a positive side to things, somebody is showing you something that you're like, is this person, does this person want something else or is it just being nice? You know, sometimes... Yeah. Loving the unlovable, that's another thing. In the marketplace, be able to love the unlovable. You know, yeah. you don't have to do anything special to be different. And just show love. Just be different. Just acknowledge that God is the one who's giving you what you've got. Like, being able to live with spiritual freedom. I keep saying it, being free spiritually and mentally. It's, it frees you off from a lot of burden. That's why people wonder, ah, sometimes I see the you are not really close to some certain people that you are supposed to be close to. I said, no, I'm, I'm friendly with everyone, but I also try to make it a point of duty to be careful what my associations are. 
Do you understand? Because people okay. see you in place of work and they they wonder who is this person? What are you made of? People like yeah. me, it's hard for people to say, "Oh, she's a good Christian." It's hard because I'm in an industry where it's entertainment, so they group all of us together. But yeah. how have I been able to start out? It's not it's by nature, the kind of films I do, the way I re respond to things, the way I react to things, the way people see me in and out of movies, I try to be different because I ask myself every day, what would Jesus do? Hmm. That's the that My father was a banker before he died and he had so many opportunities to be fraudulent and make serious money because his mates were doing it and building mansions and all that. And people kept asking him, oh, this man, why are you still like, you should make money and do this thing, man. And my father would say, today me, I would do it. That's the day they will catch me. And they would ask him why. My father would say, because of Jesus. Jesus would catch me. And I, I didn't understand that as a kid. But he kept saying to me, I always live my life as if Jesus is sitting right in front of me watching me and waiting for me to make a move. Mm. And I that. So whatever I'm doing, even when I'm dressing up to the tiniest things, the way I look, the way I speak, the way I react, the way I interact with people, I always act like Jesus is just there folding his arms, looking at me, waiting. So when he's, he's guided by, I don't want to offend Christ, please. He's right here. I don't want to, you know, and I'm teaching my children that, and I find that it helps me seem different from a lot of people because I consider God first. I consider Christ first when I can. It's not easy, but that yeah. is what out in the market yeah. hmm. I mean that's um, I think that's the the, the, the question everyone should, should go and go with if you're just hearing this what would Jesus do we will not always get it right all the time but yeah. if you're you have that playing at the back of your mind it would guide a lot of our actions it will help us to choose right because the truth is we have the, we have choices to make daily on a daily basis. You know? mm -hmm. Now I'm coming to everyone is on lockdown. We've just had an extended 14 days, extra two weeks, and the topography of worship has changed. You know, for for a lot of people, and I and going forward, it will change. So, what would what do you think would be would be the impact of COVID-19 on worship, on the way we worship, the way, because I mean, especially in Nigeria, we like Sundays, when people are right from Friday, they start keeping their Sunday clothes, people really love that worship experience, going to church, just being fellowship after fellowship after fellowship. But right now, we've been on lockdown for a couple of weeks, and we still have two more weeks to look forward to. Yeah. And, and get the word from online and just busy themselves with the word of God, they will begin to gather because even before the lockdown, I noticed that here in America, 
a lot of people started coming in groups, you know, they would pick someone's house and they, you know, they used to do it a lot in Nigeria. I don't know if they still do it. Yeah, house fellowship. Yeah, they do like fellowship and all that. But I also noticed that a lot of families now come together on their own and it's either the father or the mother leads the, the fellowship service or whatever you want to call it. And more and more families are going to see the need to gather their children together and talk about God and talk about, you know, the things that they should do and, and just sing praises to God and all that, which is what is happening right now. Because now families gather and watch services on screen. On Easter Sunday, people broke bread and drank wine and all of that. Just because they were watching it on screen, they could participate. So it shows you that in, the, in this day of technology, people are going to be able to worship God wherever they are, however it is. You don't have to wait until Sunday morning to dress up and drive to a building because we are the church, you know. So even when you go on Sunday, you don't have to wait till Sunday to start the process of, oh, let's just come together and, you know, bond. And sometimes it's not even just reading Bible, Bible most of the time. Sometimes people just want to come together and just talk. Talk about mm. testimonies, yeah. talk about uh, things around them. Have them, you know, inspire and encourage one another, you know, all to, all to the glory of God. So it's not all, oh, now, so Bible, 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 will you talk every time? No, it's not. Sometimes it's like an easy conversation of friends coming together with like minds, love God, and just being free, which is what I like. I, I like the freedom to express myself in, in, in the midst of, you know, other people who love God as well. So um, even though church will continue, but we will see more of intimacy when it comes to fellowship and worship. Okay, so will, will, should that be a license for those? Some people, will, some people will be of the school of thought saying that, okay, I don't need to go to that stay in my house, I read my Bible, after all, um, this period we didn't go to church. So, should that be, um, what would you say to people who decide that, okay, you know what, I don't even want to do church, going to church again, I can stay in my house. And <laughs> Any true Christian who knows the Bible will not say that, will not do that to themselves. If you want to be lazy and be sleeping in your house, that's on you, that's not on anybody else, because any true Christian who reads the Bible will tell you not to forsake the gathering, you know, God, because it is it is very important that we all come together because there must be a senior pastor who's ordained who would teach the word there, there will be a choir there will be a group of people of members of who will come together and just make that joyful noise to God that makes him very happy yes because some people will say oh when two or three are gathered he's in their midst yes he's there but guess what when more than 300 are gathered and they are screaming in Jesus' name, or they are screaming hallelujah, that shakes the gates of hell. So there is a reason why it is important to go to church. It is very important. But I'm just saying that apart from going to church, which is important, on a weekday, there's nothing that stops you from picking one day of the week to actually just do intimate worship with a small group of people before you go to church on Sunday so that we don't end up being Sunday, Sunday Christians. Because a lot of us, yeah. that's our relationship with God and, and whatever is on Sunday. After Sunday, Monday as we are removing church clothes, from Monday we we'll go back to our funny lifestyles and until the next Sunday we we'll become holy again. Uh, that's that's what I'm actually talking about. Yeah. This period should teach people how to come together and fellowship, even when it's not a, a Sunday before you go to church. You know, that's 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 what I I mean. I'm that like um, C underscore decor is really reiterating it. That there's power in impressive fellowship. 
And yeah. so the Bible says, iron sharpeneth iron. And so when, when we come together, our collective prayers, our collective um, worship edifies each other. And so sometimes, I don't know if it has happened to you before, sometimes I just feel, if I go to church, I just want to soak in, soak in strength. Sometimes I, you may not even find the words to pray, but you just be like, let me just be in church. If, if, if like they are worshiping during prayer session, you just want to be quiet and just get that strength being yeah. seeped inside of you. And that is what the devil will want a lot of people to miss out on. You know, because oh. when you're weak, he wants to isolate you. And then when he isolates you, he has succeeded in the fact that, okay, yes, he can give you all the knocks on the head. But when you come into the gathering of the children of God, you get strength. So we get strength from our collective gathering. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I my spirit gets lifted when I go to church with, with a group of people. Everybody like expressing expressing their 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 love for Christ. Some people they are shedding tears and you're looking around there and you're like, I'm not the only one that has that stuff. When you look around there, everybody has their own to deal with and they're all trying to express themselves to Christ. It gives you that motivation to just surrender it all as opposed to trying to do it on your own. You know, that's, that's what church should be. It's supposed to be a place of healing. That's what Jesus said, come as you are. Whether you are a, a, a sex worker crawling in the night or whether you are an armed robber who just had this epiphany and say, you know what, my heart is troubling me or whether you are somebody that has tattoos all over your body, whatever it is, the church is supposed to be a, a hospital for, for the spiritually sick. It's supposed to be a place where you all come to and people are there to embrace you and say, okay, come inside. Let's talk. Come inside. Let's just love you. Not judge you or punish you. Let's just love you. Let, let the Holy Spirit fill your, your heart because Jesus is, the Holy Spirit is here with all of us praying for you and, and just gathering around you and you can break down and just let him be strong in your weakness. That's what the church is supposed to be. You know, that's why it hurts when people run away from church when things happen because I have run away from church a lot of times because I've attended some churches that I became worse when I started going to those churches than when I came out and I ran away and I'm like no if this is what church is about I'm done but it took some people from some good Christians around me to tell me Stella it's not about the church it's not about the pastor it's about your God are you going to turn your back on God and turn your back on what he wants you to do just because you were disappointed in one church or, or one pastor disappointed you or messed up or something. No, you will continue to seek God. You will continue to ask God to show you a Bible-believing church where you can go and be and be filled. You know, you can go and fellowship with others. You can go and be lifted in your spirit and know that yes, you are not alone. You can go and people will hold your hand and say, "Don't worry, we are here for you, no matter yeah. what." You as a human being, we thrive on community because it's the way we were created. We need that community. Mm -hmm. So the community in the church is supposed to hold us together, not judge and tear us apart, you know. So it's important that we, we understand the importance of going to church and, and just fellowshipping with other people, you know, and worshipping in spirit and in truth, not worshipping because we are obligated to know. That obligation thing is the one I don't understand, you know. Yeah. I mean, so uh, someone just um, typed the comment that the true essence of worship or of church has been lost in most Nigerian churches. And the truth is that a lot of people have been hurt by, by either the church, 
by the church. Now, I mean, maybe the leadership of the church or people in church, how they have responded to them. They've gone through some situations in their life and the way people have reacted towards them. And then they just feel, you know what? I'm better off not even being here. So what would, what would you, um, what would you, you say to that kind of a person who is carrying a hurt and is saying, okay, yes, I want to come to church or I want mm. to come to God. But people in church are even inflicting more hurt or inflicting mm. more pain on me. For example, okay, like there, there's a lady who, um, she's, a, she's a, a precious kid and she got pregnant outside wedlock. Now, even normal person that gets pregnant outside wedlock, people have the eyebrow, yep. side eye kind of thing. And then now yep. she's a precious kid. And mm. the whole vilification, like, man, you're crucified times 100, you know. So that kind of a person, when the person is talking and is like, you know what, nah, I don't want to do this. What would yeah. you say to, to that, that, that situation? Okay, first of all, this problem is not only in Nigeria. Let me correct that notion. It's everywhere. Oh. It happens in America, all over the world. Oh, That's one. Number two, um, like I said, I've been there. <clears throat> so I totally understand. I've been there. I've been judged by churches. I've been castigated. They told me, oh, you sinner. Oh, you have mass matter. What are you doing in this church? Oh, you dare to mention God and all that. I've been there. But you know what? The truth of the matter is, uh, nobody registered uh, a company and trademarked the name child of God. We are all children of God. Okay. So even those people that are judging and castigating and are in the church politics and all, they are all human beings like you. They are all children of God just like you. So they're not better than you. Like I said, if you get hurt in one church or by a group of people in the church or by a pastor, those are not uh, it's not enough. It's not enough criteria to turn away from fellowshipping. It's not enough to turn away from from Christ or the church. There, there are so many churches out there that will lovingly accept you and love you. That's why you my pastor is saying, always pray for a Bible-believing church. If your heart is not in this church that I'm pastoring, I've got to show you another one. It's not by force. There are so many places of worship that you will go to that your heart will be free. I've gone to different places that, even because of who I am, it was very difficult for me to even, sometimes I want to go and be quiet. They'll say, no, uh -uh, somebody like you, you're out there. People should, you have to be a part of this group, this organization, this ministry, this ministry. Then I will now realize and I will enter, then they will now show me pepe. But does that mean that I will forsake my God? Does that mean I will turn away from him, turn away from the church? No, that, that's for me, that's when you are a baby Christian. Mm -hmm. When you know the true meaning of having a pure relationship with God, nothing can come between your relationship with God. Nothing at all. Mm -hmm. Nothing can stop God from loving you. Nothing should stop you from loving God as well. It's a two-way relationship. So if one church, go, go another one. Go another one. There are a million and one places that are available that you can go to and ask God, guide me. Before I enter this one, guide me. If you go there one Sunday, the Spirit of working with it, leave and go to another place. And as for those people that are being judged by others, look, they can judge all they want. But the ultimate is God himself. The moment you make your peace with God, for me, that is all that matters. Hmm. Time and time again that we take too many of these things too seriously. The most important thing to me is what is God saying about this situation? What
what is God doing about this situation? The God himself that said, when I make a mistake, when I fall into sin, when I do this, come boldly before his throne and, and ask for forgiveness and confess my sins and make it right with God. He's the only one that can make sure that I make it to heaven. He's the only one I need to please and impress. So I'm a preacher, like God pregnant out of wedlock. Okay, fine. Father, forgive me. So, okay, I had, I committed fornication before I got my, okay, forgive me, Father. I don't make this mistake. No vex. For this belay don't come. People have been married for 50 years, no child. This belay don't come now. Am I going to throw my child away? No. Father, forgive me. Make it right with your father and make sure in your heart you know that this is the kind of mistake you can never make again. Once that is done, who they talk, make it a talk. Let them be judging us. Because there must be a positive thing to come out of that thing. And that positive yeah. thing is that so you will love that child and put your heart into raising that child in the way of the Lord. That yeah. child can never be made to feel like a mistake. Yeah. So the important thing is, what is God saying? Have I made it right with God? Have I asked him for forgiveness? Have I confessed my sin to him? Can you see my heart that I'm really sorry and I intend to keep my word that I will not make that mistake again? If yes, What's the big, who, who else matters to me? What this pastor is saying or what this dickiness is saying? <laughs> I don't send those. <laughs> no. No, not at all. I mean, I mean. Thank you. Thank you so much. Because this has been, I've seen it happen to, to so many people, different um, relationship lengths, people from afar, people close by. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Nobody has the um, trademark. Nobody is the person that ordains who will be a child of God or not. So if they ostracize, if they ostracize you. <laughs> you have God is your father, and He has not thrown you away. So don't feel abandoned by any other person. Oh. And, uh, yeah. So the major thing is the relationship with God, ensuring that you have a growing relationship with God, ensuring that. Yeah. So, do you have any last words for people in people in church or um, PKs who are growing or are trying to find their feet, trying to determine, okay, this God thing is it really for me, or like go and try, let me go and taste the world. Let me let me let me just talk to the pastor's kids because I I I'm married to a pastor's kid. My mother-in-law was a pastor. Oh. Um, and. So, so here's the thing that I have to say. The fact that your, the fact that your father or your mother is a pastor, or let me even talk generally about pastors' families. The fact that your spouse is a pastor, and this is going to be very controversial, and that's what me, I know they hide my own. The fact that your spouse is a pastor does not mean that you will automatically become first lady or first man hey, or whatever. It doesn't mean that. That's it doesn't mean that it is your calling to just because the person you are married to is a pastor. No. If it's your calling, praise be to God. But if it's not your calling, don't force yourself to become a pastor just because your spouse is a pastor. Same thing. Because your father or your mother is a pastor doesn't mean that you must be a pastor or that you must follow their footsteps. No. You can be a prophet in the marketplace. They've taught you the word of God. They've taught you to embrace God and have a relationship with him. Have your relationship with him and find your purpose. Mm. possible that your purpose or your calling has nothing to do with the pulpit. Yes, exactly. 
can be sending you somewhere else where he knows that you are the only one that can capture the heart of those that he's sending you to. Mm -hmm. this, 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 um, this burden that we put on people who are members of a pastor's family, it's not, it's not fair, it's not right. We mm -hmm. can't be expecting them to be a certain way just because a member of their family is a pastor. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a different path. Everybody has a different calling. Follow your own. Don't, and pastor's kids too, don't put pressure on yourself. Say, hey, Live your normal life. Have your spiritual freedom. Love God and have your relationship with him and ask him to guide you and set you on your own path. Don't put this rope around your neck. Hey, if I don't start to attend seminary school now, if I don't try to become a pastor now so that I can be junior pastor for my father. Yeah, yeah. The guys, they will do instruments or they will go to pastor. The girls will enter choir and then they become... It's not by force. It's not by force. You will lose yourself. You will lose out on the purpose for which God has created you. There are so many people that are probably waiting for you to do what you are called to do for them to be free. You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. don't put burdens on yourself. And people should not put burdens on, on the family members of pastors as well. And to, to the whole world, because when I talk, I don't like to talk to only church people. I like to talk to the whole world. With what is happening in our lives today, in the world today, we can see that something has happened that's catastrophic. But our God, who we know is not sleeping, is aware of it. But he allowed it for a reason. The thing we should be asking ourselves is, why did God allow this? Sure. And he's allowed for this amount of time. That it affected the world at the same time. But at the end of the day, the only thing that can keep us together, mentally, psychologically, physically, and everything, is him and his soul. I've been saying it that, what if God is using this to tell you, let me see how many of you will still trust me when everything has been lost, when I've cut off your life, when I've allowed things to happen that even the science that most of you are depending on cannot save you, when I have allowed work to stop, finances, the economy of the world, the weather, everything, there's tornado warning in America, there's different things happening in different countries plus this corona. When I've allowed it and all those people that depend on other people, depend on business, depend on clouds, depend on celebrity status, all these things we depend on, when I've allowed them to go, what's left? Hoping and expecting that we take him so that when this is all over, there will be transformation in our lives. Then we see that the end is already near, but God is still trying to warn those who he feels have the heart to say, okay, Father, I surrender to you. That's, I'm expecting that that's what this time is about. The time we're in is to yeah. say, the rest people that I'm still looking at to say, you have a chance to still make it to heaven. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, this is happening. Let me see what your reaction will be. Let me see what you get out of this. Let me see how this will change you. Hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I mean the 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 different places. I think it happened in Spain. It happened in Spain. It happened somewhere else. That people gathered and then they were singing and they were worshiping. These yeah. are places where ordinarily, if you stand and you're singing outside, people will either say your personal stance or they will give you the bad eye and just turn away. But right now. People are beginning to understand that okay, look, this is beyond us. I mean, and then we should actually seek that there's there's a higher there's a higher being, there's a higher power, and then we should defer to him because our lives are not in our hands anymore. I mean, that that's something that's really, really profound. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been amazing. I can't believe we spent almost an hour already. 
Thank you, everyone. Does anybody have any other question for her while she's on the hot seat? But she has really led us through what the Christian in the marketplace, what should be our disposition, how we should live our lives. You know, it's, it's a daily lifestyle thing. People should see Christ in you. For those who are just watching for the first time, you can follow PK So What for the replay of this for the replay of this video so you can start from the beginning you can watch it for those who are in the preacher's family or those who are related to them or even anybody you know it's necessarily for all those who should be in who are in christ those who we also want to reach out to be in christ because i mean that's what we're here for and if we if we are not conscious about it these things are happening but they're happening to tell us that Time is drawing near for the yeah. coming and so we should all be prepared. So yes, between is still showing YouTube. Please go watch it, share it, and, and you would see how how um, the movie describes or how it sends the message, preaches the message of the gospel to every one of us. If you love to hear more about Stella, please follow at Stella. The Soldier in Red Lipstick as well. Please also, if you want to join the female, all-female ministry for prayers, for community sake, community building, especially for women, please join at Women in Red Lipstick. Yes, yeah. thank you for um, putting that up and all that too. Thank you, everyone. My name is Ruth Zubairu and also PK so once again bye for now thank you bye everyone thanks Stella thank you Thank you for listening to I'm a PK So What with Ruth Zupairo. We are Roy. We are rare. We are ready. I'm a PK So What? I'm a PK So What? I'm a PK. I'm a PK. I'm a PK.